Our reading for today is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verses 10 to 17. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God, let it be deep as shoal or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary mortals, that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with, chi- with child and shall bear a son, and he shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the, t- by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land, therefore, whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. The Lord will bring you on you and your people and your ancestral house such days as I have not come since the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Isaiah. Blessed be the, Lord, the word of the Lord. Old King Ahaz was worried in our text today. He was worried in the, because in the 8th century, Jerusalem and in fact the whole land of Judea, or Judah rather, was right in the crossroads of a lot of warring factions. And Israel, who was the northern kingdom, after Solomon had died, the kingdom of David broke apart into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Jerusalem was in the southern kingdom, and they didn't get along, as you can imagine, as uh, brothers and sisters often do. (laughs) And Israel, in the northern part of the world, was going to uh, made an alliance with Syria. Aram at the time was what it was called, but basically Syria. And they were going to wage war against Jerusalem and against Judah. So Ahaz was pacing the floor and very nervous. And in fact, Ahaz was looking around to see who could he make an alliance with. And he was thinking about Assyria which is way up in the north, who had a very large army. This Isaiah didn't want anyone making any alliances with anyone else. God's people had one ally, and that was Yahweh. We didn't need Assyria. But Ahaz was worried. And so Isaiah comes to try and comfort him and try and reassure him. And he says to Ahaz, ask God for a sign. As anything, as high as the heavens or as deep as Sheol, ask God for anything. And God will reassure you. And Ahaz says, no, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to test God. I don't, I don't need God being angry at me. I don't want to bother God with this kind of stuff. To which Isaiah goes, I don't know why 
by these people. I, he must be so fr- I can feel Isaiah's frustration through the text today. And you know what? Sometimes I think we're a bit like that. I don't know what it is, but sometimes we think like Ahaz. We think, oh no, I don't want to bother God with my stuff. Sometimes we have no problem bringing stuff to God, you know, when someone's sick. In fact, we do that a lot. We don't mind praying for someone else, but when it comes to our own stuff, oh no, 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 I don't want to get involved in that. I wonder why that is. And I wonder if maybe, like Ahaz, we, we worry that God might get mad about the things we're coming. Or, or be just, maybe not mad, but just think we're kind of silly for coming to God with all this stuff. You know? or, or maybe we think, you know, we've created our own problem. This is me sometimes. You know what, I've made this mess. It seems silly for me to expect God to help me get out of it. And I feel like I should just take care of it myself and leave, leave God alone. And I'll, once I've got it all straightened out, then, cause then, uh, you know what I'm gonna hear is like a big, that's what I'm worried about, right? So I better take, I better fix my mess before I talk to God about it. Or sometimes I think maybe we're mad at God. About I've, I run into people in this category a lot who don't want to talk to God about their circumstance because they're kind of chapped off at God about it. Here I am in this mess. Here I am in this. These things are happening to me. And I don't want to count on God to fix it because quite frankly, I, I'm quite comfortable blaming God for it. So I'm mad at God. I don't want to talk to God about it. And you know, I think there's, there's also a part of us some, sometimes, at times, when we really don't think anything's going to happen when we pray. When we talk to God. It's kind of a... We don't dare say it out loud, but it's kind of a functional atheism. Like we really don't... We really don't believe it's going to help. So why talk to God about those things? The, the problem with this, the problem when we hold, we have this tendency to hold parts of ourselves back away from our relationship with God. Sure, you know, God, I'm happy to give you the, the sick people. I'm happy to let you in on the joys that are going on. I'm happy to credit you with certain things. I'm happy to come and worship and be in that context. But there's a lot of things that we kind of hold back. We kind of say, you know what, this isn't for you. I'll deal with this. You Pretend it's not even there, right? Can we just do that, Lord? And I'll... We'd, we'd rather paint a, a picture over here. The problem with that is that it creates distance between yourself and God. You only let God see certain things. You're going to only have a pretty surface relationship with the Creator of the universe. It's going to be, and, and you know, in Jesus' time, this had become the norm. Their feeling was that God was so 
far out there and so beyond our comprehension and so transcendent above us that we dare not even speak God's name. It was blasphemy, in fact, to speak God's name out loud for fear that your trivial problems might get God's attention and waste God's time. It's a silly theology, but there it is. Couldn't even speak God's name. And in fact, you couldn't even go directly to God. We had, you know, that's why angels all of a sudden started getting names and job descriptions, right? We, we would talk to the angels, and angels would, would be our intercessory folks who would go between ourselves and God. God got so far away. But the message that came to Ahaz from Isaiah in his frustration when he says, <laughs> I don't know what, you know, must you frustrate me and God so much? But the message, the oracle, the message that God has for Ahaz is God is with us. And he brings that in the form of a sign. A baby, a young woman is going to be bearing a child. And that child is going to be a sign of God's presence with us. In fact, that's the name I want you to give that baby is Emmanuel. God is with us. So that even when the Assyrian army is going to come through and really take over, and even when it feels like you are doomed, remember that God is still with us. And even when all those other, when Israel and Aram are no longer a problem and things are going well, you still need to remember that God is with us no matter what the circumstance. And it's quite poignant It's so poignant that it comes in the form, the sign comes in a form of a little baby. You know, most scholars agree that Isaiah was likely talking about Hezekiah, uh, 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 Ahaz's son, who was going to be the next king after Ahaz dies. Uh, Or some scholars also think it might be. Isaiah's own son from his prophetess wife who, and the reason they think that is because a couple of verses later Isaiah bears says that his own son has a special name as well, a symbolic name as well. So they kind of think that. Whatever the case for us who follow Christ for the authors of for the author of Matthew That sign, that little baby, was Jesus. And His name will be Emmanuel. God with us. And like a little baby, what I love about the symbolism of the little baby is that a baby must be nurtured and cared for and cultivated and brought up and taken care of. 
You see, God is not way out there. God is with us right here, right in our midst, all around us. Not far off in heaven, but right here, right with us, within and around. What Paul says is the God in whom we live and move and have our being. Right here. But the problem is that we create distance. And that's why like a little baby, it must be cared for, nurtured, and taken care of, and paid attention to, and given all kinds of attention. So that relationship between parent and child, that relationship grows And it nurtures that baby until that baby grows up and is strong. Our relationship with God is just like that. God is right there with us. But not if we push God away. Not if we hold things back. Not if we say, God, there are corners in my heart that I do not want You to see. Not if we only talk to God in certain times. Not if we get so mad that we are giving God the silent treatment. Not if we say, I, you know what, I'm just so depressed, I don't even want to go to church. If we hide ourselves away, That child is not going to be strong. That child is not going to grow. That child is going to be malnourished and neglected. But we want a child that grows and is strong. God is with us. Emmanuel. That's what Jesus, that Jesus' birth is a sign to you and me and to all people. God is here with us then and now. Let us pray. Loving God, who gives us a sign of a little baby, and that baby represents Your presence with us. Help us in times when we would like to just hide away from You. Help us in times when we wish You were far off. Help us in times when we feel like we're reaching out, but You seem so distant. Help us in our doubts and our struggles and our frustrations. May we have the courage and the strength and the desire and the faith to bring it all to You. Even when we're mad at You, we know that You have broad shoulders and You can take it when we cuss at You. May we just bring all of who we are to You and receive Your comfort and Your presence with us in return. We ask this in the name of Christ. Emmanuel. Amen.